0: We wanted our community to feel like we are open to be talked to. We are open if you guys need any help or any assistance or anything at all. So to make sure that we're not just building a convention, we're be- building a community. So yeah. we're all building a kingdom here so that everyone could actually pitch in. Hmm. No one is a higher position. All of us are equal. We're all building this together.
1: You're tuning into the Fox & Burger Podcast, where we bring you closer to the Asian side of the furry fandom, one episode at a time. I'm your co-host, Michael the Matcha Fox. And I'm Burger. And today, we're returning to the Philippines with Gatsby and Jethro of Philly Fur.
2: In this episode, we started off the interview with a brief look at how it was like growing up in Luzon and Ilocos, and one of the Philippines' most irresistible dishes, adobo. We then had a blast from the past and talked about characters from Bomberman, Final Fantasy, Winnie the Pooh, and Happy Feet that fascinated and inspired Gatsby and Jethro. Finally, we learned about how fursuits in the Philippines sometimes get mistaken for anime characters and how Philly Fur strives to be a community driven event, where a community vote even led to how the convention got its name.
1: We're excited to go back to the Philippines. So sit back, relax, have some seasick, and enjoy the episode. Okay, welcome Gatsby and Paul to the pod.
0: Hi, Hello. nice meeting you guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, we were just uh, interviewing Ruth, I mean, what, like less than 24 hours ago last night, and then Ruth really hyped you guys up, so um, I'm, I'm pretty excited to be talking to you guys. <laughs> oh, me too. <laughs>
0: I'm really excited uh, to meet you guys. I was really, really, like, um, wondering what I'm going to say. (laughs) So, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Have you heard any uh, previous episodes before?
1: Yeah, I was just about to ask that. Have you heard any of our episodes before?
0: Oh, yeah. I actually went to your YouTube um, link that you guys sent me, and I was actually watching all of it, and wow, it's nice. (laughs) I like it. You You watched all of it? I think just one, two, or three uh, episodes. Oh. Yeah, I oh, okay. I okay. sometimes yeah, yeah. <laughs> watch it whenever I play, um, Valorant alone. <laughs>
1: oh, Valorant! Oh gosh. Mm. Mm. Yep. Man, you're you're hardcore. You're hardcore. Oh, yeah, I don't God. play, I play a little bit. I play a little bit, not not too much. Yeah. Yup. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, and then uh, Jethro, how are you doing right now?
3: Oh, it's okay. A bit busy with all the the convention <laughs> stuff so on the background it's really really um busier at the moment since we're also preparing for stuff for our Feel for 1993
1: right so for, for the purposes of this, of this interview do you want to be called paul or jethro
3: um both it's okay i think it could be okay.
0: all right
1: all right i, I might prefer paul because that's what ruth keeps calling you guys but sure so just to clarify for the audience yeah so we have some consistency
0: all right mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: All right, let's get into our questions. Um, so, tell us your guys' names, your personas, and where you guys live.
0: Okay. Um, I live in the Philippines and around Makati. I have three personas actually. So, one is like the.
1: Wait, wait. First, tell us who you are because you didn't say your name. Because oh, okay. I think for the audience, for the audience to no. know.
0: Oh, sorry. I'm I'm Harakuma or Gaspi, but most people mm-hmm. call me Harakuma. Because mm-hmm. most of the people see me as my bear persona or my bear fursuit, and
1: because mm-hmm. Kuma means bear, right?
0: Yeah, Kuma yeah. means bear. So In I, Japanese. yep. Uh, sometimes I went down on the streets earlier and just wear fursuits, and then sometimes people already know who I am. Like, hey, hey it's that bear. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: cool, cool, cool. So you're already a local celebrity, I guess
0: e kinda but yeah most of the people actually thought that hey, uh there's a bear wandering around uh the streets around Makari and they're like oh I, he appears sometimes in Moa I appear sometimes in BGC <laughs> yeah
2: hmm okay so what can you tell us about your uh bear persona
0: Haru is actually the matured version of me he is literally the Reality kind of guy, but he's also a quirky bear in a way. But most of the time, he's actually the um, reading books and often loves novels, and that's who he is. Mm-hmm. And he's practically a swordsman at this point because he's really a knight before before he transformed into a a bear. So yeah, mm. yep.
2: So he's almost like uh, what's that guy's name, Alfred? From Batman, just kind of like reading books quietly and and hanging out inside the mansion, but like also a skilled fighter and such.
0: Uh, Yeah, he is. That's actually technically his skill base. He's like the protagonist of my previous story, but he doesn't have much role in my main story because I'm a writer, so he doesn't do Mm -hmm. much. So basically, he's a side character generally for the rest. But his story, when I actually had it read by someone, someone actually said it's way beautiful, the reason what happened to Haru and everything about him. <laughs>
2: That's cool. So uh, what about your other personas then?
0: Oh, Gaspard is my childish version of myself. He's a Louie, if you guys know Bomberman. He is like the race from Louis. like He's a kangaroo rabbit thingy. And oh, what yeah, happened? The,
2: yeah, yeah, I know those things from Bomberman, yeah.
0: Yeah, he's a Louis, and he is uh, practically the child, childish version side of mine. So like, mm-hmm. he loves video games, he always hates reading books. He's like the exact opposite of Haru in a way. So he just opens a freaking game and then sometimes he annoys Haru in a way like it's too loud, I can't read or something like that. And often he is like not into books, he reads manga and comics and that's it. He's really happy-go-lucky and fun-going. Most of the time, he is really fun-going. Either he's just alone or just going to somewhere he can relax to. Yeah. That
2: that, that makes sense that you would use a more cartoonish uh, species for that kind of personality. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and he's also a fighter, though. Because all of them, the story between all of my characters, they're like protectors of each of their worlds. So Gaspy is related to my third persona. But he is technically the a bioweapon at this point. <laughs>
2: a bioweapon. Okay. Bio wow. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then I think earlier you mentioned your third persona is a Poke Sona.
0: Oh, actually it's the dragon. I think my Pokemon Sona is different from this one. <laughs> oh yeah. okay, sure, okay. Sure. The dragon persona I use is on um VR chat most of the time. He is actually the combined personality of both of them. The only difference between the two of them is that he is often a Sundere <laughs> And he's <laughs> often shy about everything. But he's kind. But he's trying to show everyone his scary dragon thingy. But he's not actually scary. He's just cute and small. And mm-hmm. he's an eastern dragon. actually, uh, From what I wrote about him. He is a um, really, really good swordsman. And he also uses a katana, just like Haru. But the difference is, is that he fights like Musashi. So if you guys know who Musashi is from video games, yeah, I base it on him because he has a small katana and a big sword on his back. (laughs) Yeah.
2: All right. Yeah. I think it's really cool that you came up with all these different characters, just uh, represents different parts of yourself or just mixed parts of yourself. Uh, Oh, yeah.
1: mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can we turn the question to Paul? your name your persona, and where do you live
3: okay so I'm Pong so my persona is um, Jetro his short name is Jet and uh, in fact mm-hmm. what happened here was the original name was really Jet but I just extended it to Jetro so, to sound more eloquent I think if you would really yeah, yeah. think about it so we both live mm-hmm. in Makati both me and um, Gatsby live on a single room so every day is business <laughs> in business days if you oh, would yeah. imagine mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. He's a lion bear. Well, at some point, he also transformed into other lion uh, things. So sometimes he's a lion boar or lion something. So the reason there was, I was imagining one time that the only thing that links me and my persona is their mane. So I have this long long hair in person. So Mm -hmm. we just Mm -hmm. both have that. Then sure, sure, sure. I also imagine that here as a hammer space. So if you would see on older cartoons that some characters just pull things out of their body, so I just imagine also yeah. him pushing, uh, pulling things. That's from funny. Here. Then mm. he's also a business lion bear. So most of uh, his artwork depicts him on a business attire. So uh, long sleeves and red necktie and then black pants, black, black slacks.
1: I like that. I love the tie, man. Like my, my persona wears a tie, so like, okay. I'm kind of just like casually scrolling through your Twitter. Yeah. I saw the tie. I was like, yeah, I like this guy. Yeah, yeah I, had a, I had a feeling you would say something about that, Michael.
2: <laughs>
3: and, <laughs> and one thing that also um, to note about that tie was, I, I recall, mm-hmm. it's really long ago, so I could not really recall what, when. So there's one fur in our group that asked that, does the tie also include the, the body part? So I think it's also part of his body part. So you could not remove the tie. The tie always stays. Mm. (laughs)
1: That's funny.
3: One thing that also um, contrasts on him is uh, his um, species is a bit contrarian. Being a business lion bear. So he's a lion, but he's not on upper management. If you would really imagine how lions are depicted on the fandom. Well, on common media most of them are of a higher astute. So they're mayors, they're kings, but he's just a lowly salaryman, if you would think about that. Mm-hmm. Then he's a bear. So you know, on business terms, when we uh, speak of bears, so it's really bad because it's tanking. So imagine that someone on your <laughs> company, well, he, I think by accident, makes your company goes down because he's a bear. And that's also a running joke about uh, how... I portray some of my things. Mm-hmm. He's a bear and then this is going down because that's how they do things. Then mm. one of the things that also um glaring about him is that um, I put him between two opposing species. So uh, cat things and dog things are not really meant to mix. So he's a big cat. He's a lion. And then, well, there's no big, dogs per se there's no living big dogs so i just assume that bears are also dogs so he's also hmm. part of that
2: wouldn't uh, a wolf or something count as a big dog
3: i need bigger bigger oh, right, dog right, right. so i just yeah i guess bear. comparatively
2: yeah wow so uh that's a really interesting backstory uh with your uh with your persona. yeah um, absolutely
1: So tell us, how did you guys get into the furry fandom, though?
0: Well, I get into the furry fandom really uh, circumstances. So Mm -hmm. way before I was like into animal characters, right? In, for example, in Digimons and every characters and aspects of every anime. So the only weird thing for me is like, hey, I like this furry character, but he's just a side character. But... If you keep on watching some <laughs> animes, for example, like Final Fantasy, I think it's Final Fantasy with the guy with the gun. I forgot the title of the Final Fantasy. There's a Chocobo there where you thought that it's just a secondary character until later episode, he got a spotlight. And oh, wow. He just transformed into a freaking robo Chocobo. And it was like, that's awesome. with the Chocobo with an armor, with a knight's armor mm-hmm. and things. And wow, I got fascinated with that. What if those... Furry, fluffy characters turn into like, something really awesome and amazing, and they are powerful as you've never seen before. Like card Captain Sakura, you thought that her pets, they're actually guardians, they're actually really powerful guardians in the later episodes, and I was like... Then yeah, I wanted to dream to have a main character as a furry character. So mm-hmm. then again, I was trying to check for what species I'm going to look and then Gaspard was born because, hey, I love I technically in love with um, Louis and I love drawing them. So why not turn <laughs> Louis as my persona? So Gaspard was born or Gaspi was born. And then. So roughly
1: like, like if I can cut in roughly when did this happen? Like like when was like Gaspi born? Just to give it like a like a sense of like time for our audience.
0: Oh Gatsby was born around 2011 or 2010.
1: Okay so you joined the fandom quite early. Like 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 over you said 2011 right over 10 yeah. years.
0: Yeah. Because wow. when Gaspie was born um I drew him and yeah I started like there's there any group like me who loves furry animals then I searched mm-hmm, furry mm-hmm. then I saw the fandom and I said wait yeah. it's only 100 right as a person a kid before like i need a group where it's higher than 100 because i was part of a co- gaming community for grand chase then i heard from people you need to find a legit group if it's real or not then i check it out it's just 100 so i stave off until i said ah what the heck not nothing's gonna lose with me anyway and I'm-, I'm gonna try i'm gonna try at least then boof i got it <laughs> so the uh i got in but the way I got in is really weird because I was with the Brony fandom for not, for a bit because my yeah. sister is a b- Pega sister, and mm. then she <laughs> yeah. she told me like she created me a Pony Sona and mm-hmm. it's a Pegasus and afterwards uh, she told me uh, I told her like I don't feel like I'm a, po- a Brony in any way. She said okay, I'm gonna ask someone to add you to the to the furry fandom. I'll ask someone from the Bronies if they know and someone knows it and then. Here I am. He just dragged me to the furry fandom and yay. But
1: roughly, when was that? Like roughly, would you say like what year did you say like you officially joined the furry fandom?
0: Oh, it's around 2012.
1: Okay. Okay. So still still quite some time ago. (laughs) Yeah. It's interesting
0: that you talk about
1: the furry community like it's some sort of like
2: exclusive nightclub. Like you got to be invited in.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because I'm not really, I'm not. I don't really know how to join or what. I'm really yeah, still yeah, yeah. young that day.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah we are all a little sense. bit younger. I mean, dude, 2011. Like, I think I was a high schooler in 2011. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah, those were the days. Yep. <laughs> so what? So let's pass the question on to Paul. Like, like, if you're finished talking, um, how did Paul join the fandom?
3: Oh, well, for me, well, it started when I've realized that, uh. I don't have any much more of a friend, so being that weird kid on mm-hmm. our, on our elementary days or even high school days, oh, really? because it's uh, twenty twelve, um, you need some comfort, and it's just gravitating towards uh, cute animals. And I don't know what makes me think that I might feel comforted by them, but that's but that's more of the thing that brings me here into fandom so uh, being an angsty kid so I, I first latched to Eeyore so if you would uh, oh, yeah, recall yeah. Eeyore's Went from Winnie the Pooh yes, so mm-hmm. it's a bit sad yeah. well I don't want to discuss mm-hmm. more about his depression but th- I, I feel I feel sure. him uh, I, I relate to how he feels then right uh, twenty. 10, don't quote me on this. I really don't know the days. But 2010, 2011-ish, Happy Free Friends is on. so I nice. also Yeah, I also being gravitated towards Flip. That's the first time that I look into bears and, oh, they're, they're cute. There's they're, they're something that I want to be like them. Mm-hmm. But I don't have that sense yet of creating OCs. Because I recall most of the furries by that time also have their uh, HTF zonas so I really don't get into that then uh, come the time that I realized that bears are cool, I also gravitated towards Grumpy Bear, so if you will uh, this is for the Care Bear series so again, moody and then bear, so I feel this guy, then after that, by 2012 ish, I've searched um, bear drawings, so what Comes on Google or drawings of furries. So most of them are international. Then there come this time that one showed up here in the Philippines. So I, I think by now he's not the bear, but by that by that time he's a bear. So oh I, I, I thought that uh, this is this is nice. I could draw. <laughs> well not that good, but I could draw. Maybe I could also do this. Then I tried the... Uh, connecting with one of those Filipino uh, bear furries and bring me on the fandom, on the GC group chat here in Facebook. Then that's how I've started in the fandom. Then I've also have this, um, again, being angsty angsty keyed by the time. So I I have also that time that I feel like maybe things are going too fast. Um, It's really hard Mm. to fit in because... uh, the, for the fandom, there's so many niches that you could go, go to. You could buy your own fursuit. Well, on uh, yeah. 2012, we don't have that much resources to do fursuits. And I believe that it's really uncommon here to have that one. So I, I could not do that. Then drawing, I could not also do that. Writing, I could not do that. And even if I could do it, it's the least interesting thing. Not to this of uh, for your writers, but it's less um, interesting for some of us. And then music, then I've left, maybe two or three months after that, then I've just realized that eh, it's, it's cute. Then I have come back. Then moving forward up to this point, I realized that maybe I'm really a furry. And it is being strengthened by the fact that most of us have this gravitation towards STEM. So uh, if you really like to see the stats, uh, most of the furries are into STEM and IT. So most of them are programmer. Mm-hmm. I'm a programmer, so I relate more mm. to them. So I think that I could not leave the fandom anymore because I feel involved.
1: <laughs> yeah. Quick follow-up question: Did you find like a lot of comfort in the furry fandom, like compared to like the things that were happening in your childhood?
3: Mm, yes. Uh, mo- uh, before the pandemic, so there are. Meaning mm-hmm. it's, it's hard for us to do that because here in the Philippines, it's really, uh, it's really a big area. Even if you yeah. would say that we're just residing on Luzon. Luzon is the capital island, if you would, if you would think yeah, of it. Yeah. So even if majority of the people live here in this island, it's really hard for us to go places. So most of our mm-hmm. friends are in Manila so you would uh, for here in, in my province right now so you need to take a 5 hour bus travel just to meet your friends but wow right. 5 hours yes so well by this point in time i'm i'm living in manila so i could just meet with the people mm-hmm. maybe an hour even here in the manila it's really the traffic is really bad so and from that from that i experienced that i, I truly totally belong uh, i truly totally could feel that the fandom cares for each of the members that it had and it would have
1: also sure yeah,
2: it's it's always good to hear about when you find comfort when you find community within the the furry fandom i mean that's basically the whole gist of it it's like trying to find people who you share common interest with with that being like video games or anime or anything with that being like animal characters animal people basically
0: mm-hmm
1: I'd like to move on to the next question here about your guys' childhood. And we're kind of already doing a very soft segue into that. Uh, We'll throw the question back to uh, Gatsby first, but tell us about your childhood. Like, how did you grow up and like, where did you grow up and how was it like?
0: My childhood is, it's pretty rough when I was actually really young, but um, it all happened that I actually lost my dad. So yeah, I don't have my Mm -hmm. father with me when I grew up and then... Mm. All the things I actually grew up with is a video game because I'm really, mm. really scared of meeting new people outside from my school, right? Because I heard tales from my my parents that talk to strangers you're gonna disappear or something like that. Right. So, right. so what what I did is that I only play PlayStation games, the PlayStation One games. So hey, uh, to yeah. keep me company. And no no,
1: no wonder you played a lot of Final Fantasy because, like, if I'm not mistaken, like, I mean, Sony's from Japan and Final Fantasy is, a like, was Square Onyx, right? No wonder yeah. you play a lot of, like, Final Fantasy games because, like, I don't think they sold Final Fantasy games to, um like, Xbox, I think. It was, like, mainly on PlayStation consoles. You guys can correct me on that, but because we were talking about Final Fantasy um back in the chat earlier. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because Final Fantasy is like one of the games I love to play and also Xenogears, yeah, yeah. damn mm. Xenogears is so good. And also other fantasy games that I played with and also the first horror game I ever played is Resident Evil. You guys already yeah, know yeah, that. Resident Evil. Oh, yeah, right. yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. I haven't I haven't played it but I know of it. I like I like I like Raccoon City I like the I like the name
0: yeah raccoon city is awesome the raccoon city saga is cool the way you have to escape the Mm -hmm. way you have to solve puzzles and i'm sometimes questioning raccoons uh umbrellas methods
1: of security for puzzles i don't know why (laughs) (laughs) so Mm -hmm. so you're playing video games and then like what else happened
0: i play video games and then yeah i started to figure it out like deep inside me like i watched what cats at a time and i was like hey i I technically love these characters. I love these people, and afterwards, I start seeking out other characters who are like cool swordsmanship because I mm-hmm. love swordsmanship as well. And I right now I just learned how to use swords, so I'm mm-hmm. technically one of the people who knows how to use a sword now. So <laughs> and then I'm so fascinated with everything about Final Fantasy, from gunblades to wow, like, oh my god, what's going on? And then animal characters, such as I started from Final Fantasy, then move out a little bit from the cool side. Let me see what my inner self, like I want cutie, cute things like Bomberman Fantasy Race or something like a cool space. Then I got addicted to mm-hmm. Bomberman Fantasy Race and then that's the first game I ever, ever finish it.
1: <laughs> well, I never played the Bomberman series. Can someone like give me like a, you know, brief synopsis about about like what that is?
0: Most of the Bomberman games, is just like you're in a labyrinth that you have to use bombs. Then you make sure you don't get blown up by your own bomb. Plant mm-hmm. the bomb on okay. a one block or plant the bomb with the monster and let it... And once you get hit with the monster, the monster will die. If you hit, mm-hmm. set the bomb in the wrong direction, like set a bomb on the gate itself, um, something bad will happen. So you don't have to... You have to be careful. So the iteration mm-hmm. of the Bomberman series I played is the racing game. Where you play as the Louis, so you have to choose which kind of character you want them to hmm. use. For example, White Bomberman, the main character, then you have to pick what kind of Louis you will use. So, different Louis has different um, traits. Like, green one is the basic standard Louis, yellow, I think, can fly or just jump really higher, mm-hmm. pink one can dash faster, blue can actually do wall jump perfectly. The rarest one is the black because he is, like, everything else at once. Brown one is basically the buff-up version of the green version. So, like, it's really fun. It's really exciting to play racing games with them. But it will be better if you have friends with, to play with. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm learning so much in this episode. Like, I, I've i never, like, I didn't even know Louis is a thing. The, the kangaroo thing right from the game. Like, I'm looking up, like, art and images. And it was like, this guy looks really cute. So yeah. like he's like a character in the in the game series, right or is he like a race or
0: he is a race. there are oh, okay okay uh, they they are called either Rui in Japanese or Louie in America because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Bo- all of them have different names and they are uh, always appear in they kind of appear in different animes in Bomberman like mm-hmm. Bomberman Jetters, where yeah. there is two versions of them like Rui and Pui, blue and green. And then they're just apprentices or they're just assistants for the Bumberman to help them yep. out with their power. Yeah. It's awesome. And basically my childhood is just me learning how to like I, I wanna be just like Cloud Strife. I wanna be Lee, I wanna be squall from Power pa- yeah.
1: Squall, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I finally else? got my dream. So yeah. So what about um Paul? Uh, how was it like growing up um did, did actually this is um maybe i should ask this like did you grow up in makati or or did you grow up somewhere else for for paul uh,
3: no um i've grown up here in bulacan so bulacan is um, near the metropolitan area of uh, the philippines so we're con- also considered a bit of rural urbanish well on our time it's that, that kind of urban because most of the development mm-hmm. are really um, focused here in Manila. So, uh, the, mm-hmm. the differences between uh, when I was younger and now is uh, really, really big. So, for, for my childhoods again, I would just continue from the previous, so being a weird kid so yeah. just means that most of my interests doesn't match the, the local kids by the time. So, I'm more yeah. of the person who would like to tinker stuff and being alone. I I don't know why, but it's just just that. So for gaming, it's really hard for me to take on games because uh, my brother... Always my brother had uh, time <laughs> on the time oh, on yeah. the console. So we have uh, mm-hmm. PS1 and uh, Game Boy. So again, being siblings, it's really hard for us. And especially my, my older brother knows how to operate those things. So he's the one who's mm-hmm. uh, playing with those things. So I'm not really versed on playing games. But, well, I will just uh, put it here. So now that I have my own time and own resources to, to have those things, those consoles that So I'm now trying to play, trying to win back my childhood. Then for things that I'm doing, most of it is, again, tinkering stuff. So I recall this one time that there are these broken electronics and that I would just even without uh, electricity, I would just play with them like I'm mm-hmm. doing some things. Then I recall... Like you're
1: tinkering and stuff. Yes,
3: but it's it doesn't do anything. Then I think mm-hmm. everyone would uh, could relate on this. That you would also make soaps, liquid soaps, and then shampoo mm-hmm. on on your bathroom. So that's also the thing that I'm current, uh, I'm doing by the, uh, when I was young. So I was just doing experiments by that time.
1: I did that too. I did that too. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to... Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm gonna come clean yeah I would not call yeah it, I did that
3: uh some people call it making potions but for me it's yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. potions. <laughs>
1: okay. yeah that's what I did I did that hey burger you didn't do that uh I may have
2: done that like once but because I was a, a dumb little kid I may have tried to to drink it too
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah my mom always had a lot of stuff so I was like yeah I was like what what does this do what does that do was a <laughs> yeah that was funny though
3: then I also have this um, thing being a kid, uh, some of us had this one singular path in life. So, for example, a kid mm-hmm. might want to be an astronaut or firefighter or something. When I was a kid, I recalled that I want to be all of it. For some, for some weird reason, I really want to be all of it. Just like, One time I want to be this um, uh, astronaut, then sometime I would like to be nurse and it just melts. So I feel that is also one of the things that makes me or makes people be away because this kid might not be right in the head. So that's that. Mm, That's the recall. Then uh, also most of our childhood, I think we also had a lot of pets before so i think that this there's a time that we have this dog but uh our living arrangement is that we have this two set of houses we're on the process of moving out Mm -hmm. so i recall it's a white dog i could not recall the name but that white dog is really really angry uh when it sees me then when the time that when he got old that maybe he's passing away then he just be some uh he just become friendly then i don't know why i just also recall that and uh, uh, that i think that was, also was
1: this like was this back in i'm sorry you, you said you grew up in Pulacan? yes in the northwest northwest of manila right yes so so this was all during the time you lived in Pulacan?
3: yes uh well it's just oh, okay, okay, gotcha. it's just a block uh, here in the uh, in the philippines we have uh, we call it barangays so barangays is a bit of a mm-hmm. ca- county, I believe that's also a county uh, in the state. Mm-hmm. So we just move counties. So yeah, it's just this, this mm-hmm. we're just we, we're still on the same province. Just uh changing barangays by the time. Then mm-hmm. that's also uh, that makes me the thing that makes me afraid because I see animals could also be kind at some point.
1: Yes. That's very similar to my story. Like I grew up with a, uh, with a uh, a couple of dogs. Like I lived with my grandmother and I basically played with those dogs every day. Like, you know, I, I would wash them and feed them. So I had, um, early exposure to animals as a kid, like how to take care of them and stuff. My older sister did most of the work. I was just there to pet the dogs. Mm. <laughs> easy job. Yeah. Yeah. Easy job. <laughs> yeah. Also, like, I'm kind of biased. I'm more of a dog person because, I mean, like I said, my grandma, she owned two dogs at the time. Now she's kind of a cat person, but at the time she she was mainly focusing on dogs. Hmm.
2: You mentioned Barangays and different parts of the Philippines. Now, what we want to know is because both of us, uh, Michael has been to the Philippines I have not. Yeah, I've
1: been to the Philippines. yeah. Yeah.
2: So something I want to know, something I want to ask is because I haven't been to the Philippines, are there any special places that I should go like for my first time going to the Philippines?
0: Well, for me, you can go to Baguio and other provinces because they have all historical landmarks there. Yeah. You can also visit in Manila, but there is so much to see. If you really want to experience the beauty of the Philippines, you have to go to really on the provinces where the tourist spots are. Because in the Manila, yes, we have everything here, like very small ocean park and BGC, mm-hmm. and even some heritage stuff like Rizal Park or Intramuros. You can actually visit Manila, but most of the recommended um, touri we actually wanted to is around the province, but due to it being a bit further away, you really need like um uh, at least a day for you to travel to that far area. Mm-hmm. Then recruit yourself, and then you'll be able to tour it. So yeah, it's pretty much it. And if you're gonna stay in Manila, um the most recommended we can help you go to is BGC because it has a lot of um stuff you can do like shopping and food and everything and yeah
1: bgc i didn't get i didn't get a chance to go there so i really want to i really want to go to bgc yeah
0: yeah we even have a 3d monitor i think it's a 3d monitor that we see in bgc now (laughs) like there's a huge cat it kind of looks like tokyo in a way and
1: yeah yeah
0: often whenever there is like saturday sunday on the weekends there's like um an event they close up one section of high of the road there so that everyone Mm. can cross and have fun in the streets yeah there's a lot of new things sometimes happens in bgc so yeah Yeah,
1: i'm marking that down right now like i'm like i'm on google maps and as you're talking like i'm checking these places out yeah bgc looks pretty cool and you mentioned baguio like baguio is the one with like the the mountainside town like the like the the houses are built into like the hillside is that right
0: yes and also the session road uh session road um but I don't know much about Baguio, but I heard from my friends who's from who lives in Baguio that Session Road is the one you should really visit because there's a lot of things happening there. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing. But I really want to go there someday, but due to what happened to me, like I got sick. I was like, ah, uh, sure, sure, sure. I mm-hmm. can't go. I'm sorry.
1: <laughs> That's unfortunate, yeah. Yeah. Does Paul have uh, any recommendations of places where to go in the Philippines?
3: For me, it might sound a bit Yes, because one I really didn't left Luzon so well see, I mm-hmm. think this mm-hmm. also goes to Gatsby that our recommendations might be here and I also don't want to point yeah. out things that I don't I didn't go to so I would just avoid that but yeah. uh, one thing also is that my parents are natives of Ilocos well not Ilocos more of the northern part of Luzon so I would just list it down so the northern tip of the Philippines is Batanes. So Batanes Hmm. is an island and uh, it's uh, the the way it's special is that it's locked in time. So again, being too far to go away, uh, well, I'm not saying that their life is simple, but their life is a bit rustic. So you would Hmm. go there, then the houses are made of stone because um, all the things that surrounding them is the sea and um, i think that's uh the basi state i forgot the the name of the uh the the ocean but it's surrounded by sea so it's always windy there and mm-hmm. most of uh here in the philippines we have two kinds of storms so either it would go from bottom right to upper left so i think that's called amihan and then we have this one that's coming from upper northeast to southwest that's called habagat so m- most of the time when it's an amihan season rainy season so Patanis is really plummeted with uh, thunderstorms but uh, in general, it's really, really nice there. It's just a uh, sea. Then uh, in Ilocos, so one of the uh, old city centers in in the Philippines, because uh, I, as I recall, don't quote me on this, I'm really bad at history. So uh, Spaniards mm-hmm. also stayed there. So if you would look at uh, Vigan, most of the areas there are old houses, old colonial Spanish type houses. But mm-hmm. at this mm-hmm. point, I think most of them are... Um, renovated most of them are also uh, destroyed by wars or well destroyed by time so I could not really recommend much but in general in Ilocos it's also have this sea mountain uh, transition because most uh, same with Taiwan I recall Uh, on the western side most of them is mountainous so Ilocos is also like that on their, on the western side of Ilocos it's uh, rivers on the eastern side of Ilocos it's mountainous and then on the western side it's sea so if you would imagine if you're standing there or if you're located there on your one side is mountains on the other side is sea and again being a bear I al- I always go to the mountain forest area to, to, to I forage like
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah, um, yeah. I'm actually. I'm glad that you recommended more rustic and historic places. I'm I'm kind of a sucker for those kind of places. Like I feel most comfortable living in an urban area, but if I were to travel anywhere, it would be to somewhere where there's less people, less civilization, more historic stuff, more nature. Uh, that's really up my alley. So I, I'm really glad that you recommended that.
1: Actually, yeah, I, I want to go to. I mean, I don't. I don't say this in any bad way, but I like the architecture and appearance of, like, the sort of, like, Spanish colonial buildings. Um, again, like, me and Burger are from Texas, so we also were colonized by Spain at one point.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Mm, and yeah,
1: then, um, so and also, our food has also been influenced by Spain. And so, I mentioned this in the last episode with Ruth, but, like, one of the reasons why I love the Philippines so much is the food. It really reminds me of the food back in Texas. And, it, and I mean that in a good way. Like, it's really familiar. Um, but then, like, also... Uh, I think you guys don't know this because I haven't said said to you guys yet, but I was born and raised in Hawaii, so we have like a lot of Filipino Americans in Hawaii. So like eating stuff like balut, um, like my parents would eat that quite a bit um, when I was growing up, and eating stuff like adobo, uh, like that kind of stuff is is not is not new to me. But I think that's like a that that that's a great segue into what I was gonna ask next though is like what are some foods that you have to try if you go to the Philippines
0: oh oh my gosh yeah
1: can you maybe <laughs> the, list one or two for the sake of time
0: okay the most recommended i recommended is adobo
1: <laughs>
0: that so is, explain what
1: adobo is like to the people who don't know we know what it is but, what, but people may not know what adobo is
0: oh adobo is like it's either pork beef or chicken or three of them at the most but mm-hmm. you can it's actually just meat with soy sauce and vinegar Dip yep. in some savory um, salt or either put it some salt or pepper, some spices. It's either you can make it sweeter by putting more sugar or make it a bit more savory, just putting more uh, spices on it. Mm-hmm. So the adobo is like really good whenever you... It's a mix of um, sour and sweet or sour and savory at the same time. When you put it on the rice, oh. Yeah,
1: yeah oh it's so good with yeah i mean it must be eating rice i always eat it with rice i never i never usually eat it alone
0: yes because the flavor is really strong so it is really made for it's really made for the rice because rice Mm -hmm. sometimes absorbs i think
1: like the sauces yes
0: Mm -hmm. as the sauces and make it a bit bland but if you have the the strong flavored ones you have to put rice on it it's gonna be like Ugh, you're gonna just be like, oh my god, oh, yeah. no! <laughs> I, I,
1: adob- I haven't, I haven't had a double in so long. Like, oh gosh, like it's been years.
0: Yeah, and the second one is sisig, which is one oh, yeah, of seasick. my, one of my personal favorite because sisig is like it's either can be cooked with the porkers or some something like grinded pork, your choice. So sisig is like this: it's heated up inside uh, a, sizzling plate, then I cook it in the sizzling plate. And then once it's a bit cooked, they're going to put the raw egg and then serve it to you. So they're going to serve it to you while it's really sizzling. And then you have to mix the eggs yourself. So it has spices. It is also a bit chilly, like really, really hot. when you're going to eat it. <laughs> so if you're going to eat it, you, you make sure that you're really good. Uh, you're mm-hmm. fine with spicy food because this yep. one is also spicy, but it can be non spicy. You can just remove mm-hmm. this chili out of it like okay get away got rip the chili but you take out the fun out of seasick if you don't have yep.
1: the chili yeah I, I can handle spicy food so i'm not i mean i'm also southeast asian so i'm I'm pretty good with <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. it's really good but uh mm-hmm. it's also one of the most food that if you pair it with rice you can either eat all the rice first before you can even finish the seasick itself so you can go for seconds mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah
2: Uh, and paul do you have any recommendations for food
3: so in baguio well not baguio but benguet benguet is the province where baguio is uh is inside so they have this monastery i forgot the monastery again i'm really sorry i couldn't recall the names but they're making ube jam well ube related stuff Ah, oh the ube yeah oh my god so i don't know if some part of the world, they have ube, but from what I'm seeing in the internet, it's just it looks like Fili- oh, it's only Filipinos who's cooking it. So, I uh, I recommend ube.
1: we make it in Hawaii too. We, it's grown in Hawaii too, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. Ube jam it's, it's really the Pacific, yeah. The, the Pacific,
3: yeah. So, that ube jam. And one thing mm-hmm. is that uh, I could uh, again, it's just being brought to me by our co workers from Visayas, so I could not really recall which part of Visayas it is. So, they we have this uh, ice cream sandwich called silvanas. So it has ice cream inside and it's coating or it's the, the, the thing that's covering it is made of ground up cashews. So if you would really think about it, it's mm. just ice cream sandwich. But instead of yeah. having uh, uh, crackers, I don't know if it's crackers or graham crackers specifically, but crackers and ice cream inside, it's vanilla ice cream and uh, cashews.
2: That does sound very delicious. Yeah.
1: I, I've not heard of Sylvanas till now, like, I, I looked it up, that looks pretty cool. It looks pretty good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, moving on to our next set of questions, though, uh, we're really excited to just, you know, hear and talk about Philly Fur because uh, this is a con that neither Berger and I have been to. So tell us, like, what was the inspiration behind Philly Fur and, like, how did you guys, like, band together to to host this con?
0: Well that's a really that's a really good one. Um I wanna tell mm-hmm. you guys more about Philifer. Philifer is the inspiration for us is that we heard of the other conventions and we wanted to create our own. Because we all know that conventions sometimes only happens once a year, like mm-hmm. always annual, right? So since we have been an overabundance of anime conventions all over the place, um yeah. I think like hey, if we're only getting one furry con per year, um, why not we created a second one so we have two cons per year? I mean, so mm-hmm. people can actually see furries more broadly. So we decided, like, let's create a let's create a second convention. So okay, let's go. So we created Philly Fur so that there's more people to know more about the fandom, and it will help other furries. Like for example, oh, I didn't able to go on this con, or they are not able to go to our con, they still have another convention to go to. So because Mm. we wanted everyone to have fun, because it's really hard. I just realized as well, whenever you try to fursuit in public, going to malls, you need a permit, like permission to wear your fursuits. And even in other places like uh, BGC. BGC is also one of the places you need a permit to. The only thing that I wanted to everyone to know that Fursuiting is also the same as cosplaying because cosplaying in BGC is really quick. Like, they can just give you the permit right away. But if you're wearing a fursuit, that's a whole different story for that because it's pretty new. It's pretty new to them. They don't mm-hmm. know there are people like this who dress up like mascots because people call them mascots. They thought that if you wear right, a fursuit, right. that they thought you're advertising some company. Um, right, right, right. Some mm-hmm. Company. Mm-hmm. but. We did make it clear from SM and uh, as well as from um, BGC that this is our original character and this is not our. Um, it's not created or represented by any company by means. It's just us. So I realized that having people who have furries is kind of difficult for them to like always go to the anime cons because it's always the anime con where we go to. So why not have our own theme of furries like every two uh, two times a year? So we did that so how we gathered people is really amazing like first up it's just the talk about the convent is three of us three people like me Mm -hmm. and nico the piano creations verse or uh, known as prism and lofi one of our staff so all of us uh four of us actually discuss about that even jetro to know what we should do if we should really push the second convention all of them said yes let's go push with the second convention because so that we can have at least another convention we can go to just for example if we can't Mm -hmm. go to the other one so they all decided like what roles are they gonna take and they're like excited and hyped for it piano creations or Nico suddenly he said like i'm gonna i'm going to meet you guys uh, i'm going to talk to root and we're like oh it's root uh the one who is also one of the first suit makers and then we met more and more from root from everyone who tries to say hey we need more people we need more help can you guys help us make this a reality everyone lends us a hand like now mm-hmm. we have almost everyone doing their thing it's really cool like even artists like zeke um drab and sherlock they're all doing wonderful jobs in their artwork and man even durban marcus and everyone in the staff actually did wonderful in their jobs especially paul i mean paul holds all of the background and generally he's the backbone of the fandom so all of us are just doing the outer shell while Paul creates the skeleton of the fandom. Like We're like, okay, we're going to do this. So what so we have did to this... kinda,
1: you have To kind of cut in, though, you have to remind me just to give our audience a time frame. All this was happening in what year? Was it like 2021 or 2022 or like oh. all the planning? Because I remember that the first year for you guys was last year. So that would have been 2022. So was all this planning happening... In twenty twenty one or even before that?
0: Oh, it's actually on twenty twenty-one. It's it's like around September, I think September, December, where Mm -hmm. there's a big talk with all of us. Like uh like all of us are like having like thoughts like, hey, what happened if we do this? I mean, well, what Mm -hmm. happened if we can do this? They're asking me like, Hey Haru, um, you can do this, you can try it, because I was planning to create a convention. If I have if everyone actually agrees on it and then
1: right right they
0: just push me towards it and all right let's go let's uh let's let's go with it yeah and paul said okay let's try to push this because a lot of people is demanding for a second con so that we can have more people who can join us and let the philippine world know that philippine first exists
1: (laughs) yeah exactly and and how many people were you expecting initially for uh for your first con back in 2022
0: Oh, um, I think we are expecting around, you know, just a minimal, like, 150. Just, we're mm-hmm. not expecting much because it's a new con, just 100 or something. And, wow, it boomed up to 200 plus, and I was like, mm-hmm. uh, what happened? <laughs> I just so was, you okay. guys
1: had, like, almost, did you guys have 300? Or, like, maybe, like, 280 or 290?
0: I think Paul has a statistics on that, I think, Jetro, right? Oh, well, yes, I have the statistics. Yeah, he has the statistics of that. I think it's around 250, right? Uh, 268. Yeah, 268. Congratulations,
2: congratulations.
0: Yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Yes, thank you. And yeah, it was an amazing experience when we did it on September But it started. Like, it's really Mm -hmm. rough because we're still new. Like, we started planning on 2021, December, September. Then we went from January, we're like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of things I have to run. Like... Documents I have to go to from the government um for business permit and everything.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Sometimes I have to wait for a really long line. So like, yeah. oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> where, where is the, I mean, to kind of take another step back, where is the convention held? That might give us like, you know, like like, oh. like, a, like an idea.
0: Okay. The convention started or held on Eton Centris, which is on Quezon City. So mm-hmm. the most nearest landmark of all... It's like the MRT. You can ride it from the station you're at to Kesan mm-hmm. Avenue. So once you go to Kesan Avenue, you will be able to see like the Eton Centre already. You just have to mm-hmm. go down the station and you're already there. You just have to walk a few more just to go to the convention hall and that's it. It's really near. It's just MRT an MRT ride or Oh, uh, whatever, because right, you've right. actually been to, yeah.
1: How would one, and this is this is mainly for us, like, international you know, attendees, but, like, how would an international attendee make it from, like, the airport to the convention center? Like, would you recommend, like, getting a taxi straight away, or do you recommend public transit?
0: Oh, what we recommend is first for them to book a hotel first. Right, because there right. is a hotel near there, which is Prime Hotel. You can just mm-hmm. walk through it, and then you're already in the, Uh, you just have to mm-hmm. cross the... The overpass and then you're already at the Eaton Centres. so you just mm-hmm. have to yeah it's really n- a near hotel so mm-hmm. basically we recommend them to do go book a hotel first and then right. afterwards you can go to the con yes
1: so like from the airport though would it be because I, I again like I, i've i've mainly done taxi but like from the airport do you recommend like taking a taxi straight to your hotel or do you think like Someone from the airport could stop at like an MRT station and then take the MRT to um, Kazon Avenue.
0: Actually, it depends, but if for safety and for convenience, they can actually just use Grab. Mm-hmm.
1: Right, grab. exactly.
0: Yeah, just hail mm-hmm. Grab. That's what I used last time. Or hail a taxi. So for mm-hmm. for my opinion, I rather have them book a Grab because so they can pinpoint the location right away. So exactly. Once they know where the location is at, they can go to the hotel. And if they're wanting to tour Philippines a bit or experience the commute, commute with the Philippines as long as you don't mind with the heavy baggage especially if you have a person on you can go to the MRT like commute to all the way to the LRT station or MRT station and go to Kesan Avenue you can sure, sure, actually sure. experience it
1: Yeah cuz like I'm, <laughs> I had to be a little bit self-serving but I was like cuz I'm trying to find a way like I would definitely get a hotel near that location at least for like one or two nights Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if I would relocate. Maybe I would just stay there the whole time. But yeah, like, cause I'm thinking like if I were going, and maybe for other people who are listening to this podcast, like if you guys are thinking about going, then this might be helpful for them. Cause like for me, I would probably only go for like Friday to Monday. Um, I don't know if I could stay longer than a long weekend. Yeah,
0: it's okay. I mean, we have one of our friends from Malaysia. Uh. Mm -hmm. and they are actually asking me out where is the nearest hotel and what is the best way for us to go about it because they're Mm -hmm. i think they're planning to stay for a week for an entire week so what they do is that they're gonna go to prime hotel then after the conventions they're gonna move out go to another hotel and we're literally going to tour them an entire manila they're just gonna stay stick on manila because they realize like we're gonna go to the provinces it's gonna take like For uh five hours or three hours or eight hours of travel and they're like ah okay we're we're gonna stay in Manila first because we want to eat the food like Uh, (laughs) oh yeah 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 Yeah.
1: (laughs) is is it is it Marky by any chance like I'm just taking a shot in the dark like who who's the Malaysian for if I'm allowed to know
0: oh it's Fermion it's a group of people like Fermion White Breath it's actually a friend of mine who I met in VR chat. (laughs)
1: and the name seems familiar i i i I don't know them i mean it seems like i don't know them but anyway i was just curious
0: yeah they're from vr chat i met uh because Mm -hmm. me and him are actually he helped me out a lot on my avatar like my dragon avatar now has a katana Mm -hmm. and effects Mm -hmm. and everything so yeah so he is he's really kind and really nice to people (laughs) yeah he's fun to be with
2: So we already heard from our other interview with Ruth um, a bit about the experience of going to Philifer, but I think it would be better to hear from you and Paul, uh, you can tell us what makes Philifer uh, special. So is there any sort of activities or places that makes it stand out from other conventions?
0: Well, as of the moment, um, we're still doing the things that we can do because this is aside from it being new. So. In the future conventions, uh, in the future plans for the convention, we have a lot of role, uh, we have to set a roadmap for it, but I'm going to set right. it up. But mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what it stands out from different conventions from anime conventions is that I want furries to um, express themselves further and make them feel welcome and know that they are really play- role playing as their person or their personas. And also, we want. Uh, since I'm a gamer myself, right?
1: Uh, Amen.
0: I wanted immersion. Uh, I wanted to people to be immersed on the con itself to feel like they are with, uh, beastmen or kimono or furries or anthropomorphic animals walking around amongst them. I wanna feel, make them feel that way, so that new visitors will be like oh wow it feels like i'm in a fantasy world <laughs> i'm like in final fantasy <laughs> mm. so as of the moment we started the con it's pretty new uh we don't have much but we are planning to add more and more things so, uh, what we're doing today—it um, this is kind of like a sneak peek, but wow. uh, we can we will finalize in an announcement that we are going to add a live roleplay because this is actually from medieval times, so people can do LARPing, so that oh. yeah, people can do LARPing with other people who's just wearing knights and that cool, cool, like cool. they can uh, yeah they can act out as their character if they want, just not too far like any bad things yeah like hmm. edgy or something I do not know <laughs> but
1: <laughs> <Edgy>.
0: <laughs> but yeah. uh, overall we in the future um, I'm planning like thinking of if it's possible it's still in my mind though uh, I think Paul already know this we're planning a hybrid convention it's still a work I think in the next 2024 or 2025 we can make it happen VR chat and then real convention if we're gonna call it dimensions so mm. it's still in a working title. So that means, for example, you're looking at a big screen, right? You will see people in VR chat waving at you guys at real time and you guys can wave back and they will know on the other people in the VR chat. They will see that you guys are walking with them. You're walking amongst them.
2: <laughs> oh. So, I think that's really so is cool. it, yeah, so that I guess that's pretty friendly towards international uh and even local people who wanna attend, but can't really get there to the physical location uh, so yeah they can, so so you're going to integrate like a screen of like VR chat like a world where they can interact with the other attendees that are at the physical convention
0: yes we're gonna do that like I'm planning to have that set up so that it's not just live stream like it's gonna be boring if people like just watch it like oh they're live streaming uh, right. we're watching attendees walking going through but There's gonna be a segment where, for example, there's no events happening. They can just look at the monitor or the mirror or the glass. We're gonna call it the dimensional gate Mm. or door that they can peer to. If people is gonna look like, hey, isn't that, is that you? And the other people from the other side from BRChat, they can hear, oh wow, nice to meet you. Like they can meet up virtually while people who are attending in real life, they can see, like, hey, it's hey it's uh it's haru on the other side it's gatsby on the other side hi and i'll be like hi what's up i can't attend because it's yeah i'm uh, i'm attending in a way
1: (laughs) like you you mentioned that it's a future con but like is it going to be related to philly fur or is that like something separate
0: it's still philly fur it's like a a
1: future theme right yeah
0: it's a future theme where Mm -hmm. where we plan like i love dimensions like like you know from multiverse from rick and morty so what happens if there's actually an alternate dimension where we people can see that their anthropomorphic animals exist so Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. though it in theory it looks like that
1: (laughs) sure 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 sure. i I do i do want to take like a step back like i appreciate all the discussions about you know future plans hopefully we don't spoil too much um so i do want to take the take the discussion back to the first iteration of philly fur though so, like, what interesting stories or do you have any funny moments that you would like to share from Philly Fur's first year, which was, again, which was last year? Oh, I um, This question, well, we'll go you first and, and then Paul, um, we'll keep that order as we've been doing.
0: Okay, okay, sure. Um, there is one person there who's really into dancing, like there's nothing just happening right now. And then, mm-hmm. damn, um, she's good. So what I did is that one of my staff talked to me, like, he, he said, like, hey, hey, Haruhara, there's my friend there who loves really to dance. He really, she he or she wanted to dance on the stage. And I said, oh, sure, I'm going to announce her. I and when I said her name, uh, his or her name, he's like, what? Seriously, you're going to let me dance? Sure, you're good. Let's see. Let's see what you can do. And then when she, he or she dances, he, oh my god, he just gave it all, right? <laughs> gave it all. And that guy thanked me like, oh my gosh, I thought this was only for a best. I never expected to be invited by the content himself in the stage. <laughs> I said, oh, it's okay. I mean, we're all having fun here. We just, I just want you guys to have a quality time. If you have some time mm-hmm. to show up, we can do that. Yeah, <laughs> and. It's really wholesome the way that people actually just wandering around the convention, and also there's a funny moment that there are also kids, uh, especially kids walking in, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, there's so many!" <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, there's like, so. Some... Originally, the con is like pretty kid friendly, or like, do you allow you know, do you allow people under like 18 to go, or or is there like an age restriction?
0: It's PG-13, what me and Je- uh, okay. Paul said. Because mm-hmm. it's like anime. We don't want to restrict too much for kid-friendly because mm-hmm. let's face it, there are other features in fursuits that may resemble PG-13 characters. So uh, we're like strictly on PG-13 because we're taking yep. into account there are other fursuits that may have accessories like harness or collars on them. So, sure. so hmm. people will know that they're it's PG 13 but they're just role playing as their character like if you're wearing a husky fursuit you have a collar that's that's fine
1: yeah so you you have to confirm that you're at least 13 before registration
0: yeah um it's okay if you're at least 13 but if you have a son or something 10 year old as long as there's parental guidance with them
1: Oh, okay so you still allow that Hmm. like 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 someone younger but with parental guidance
0: yeah someone younger Mm -hmm. but with with parental guidance because i want Mm -hmm. everyone to enjoy big floppy animals especially Uh, young kids will be like, Oh my god, I I saw a doggy! I saw a doggy, and then hugs. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. I think compared to like a, a Western convention, uh, I think you have to be at least 17 to go by yourself, and then if you're like 16 or under, you have to have either parental guidance or the parents' like permission, unless they're like too young, 13 or under. So, yeah, I think. I think that's a good idea to have that policy in mind with uh, younger furries or people who are younger than 13 or 16 or so that have an interest in the fandom.
0: Uh, Yes. Actually, uh, there is one kid that messaged me that she's like, hey, I saw you in the convention. My daughter is so scared of meeting you. So I'm her mother, and I just wanted to extend her appreciation with you, and Hmm. she likes. Mm -hmm. Bear. She loves bears, really. And that uh, she really wants to talk to you, hang out with you, and spend time with you. And she is a furry for a long time. She doesn't know where to express her hobbies. And thank you so much and for doing this. And I said, eh, no problem. Uh, she's like, can she talk with you? I said, yeah, she can, she can. It's okay. There's no need to be shy with me. There's no need mm-hmm. to be shy with me. I'm I'm outgoing person. You don't have to worry if uh, titles of like Conhead or something like that. I, I yeah, don't yeah. actually use it. I'm just like, hey, I, I don't mind, but you don't actually need to keep on, you know, keep on saying to me, like, uh, Mr. Conhead or something like that now. Yeah, yeah. I'm fine with it.
1: Just to clarify for it. the audience, like, you're the official conhead of the of the convention, but I didn't catch Paul. So what does Paul do for the con? Uh, maybe this is where Paul can... you Can you chime in here?
3: Yeah. Uh, my duty on uh, the convention is the mm-hmm. operations manager. As explained... A bit by mm-hmm. Gatsby. Uh, most of my work or my role involves uh, managing all the back end stuff. All, I called yep. it all the boring stuff because it's uh, <laughs> it tra- tra- uh, traditional. Uh, well, not traditional. I don't know the regulations in the States, or well, I don't know the regulations in other um, countries, but most of them registers th- uh, register themselves as an organization. So we've just mm-hmm. registered ourselves as sole proprietor. So effectively, that means that Gatsby owns the whole, whole thing, the whole convention. But the way that we mm-hmm. manage it is more of community-driven stuff. So if you would think it's just like urban gardening, so whatever you could pitch in, then you could just
1: pitch it in. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure.
3: So again, what I'm doing is more of the more of the boring stuff so more of the accounting mm-hmm. and
1: you like yeah accounting the, co- the contracting
3: uh, uh the management of uh, the exhibitors so i'm the one who's talking mm-hmm. to the exhibitors mm-hmm. and how the rules applies to them and also i also i also meet the toss so the general things hmm. that's running behind not not all those artsy stuff because i'm not really that kind sure. of a person
1: well I think you're the real hero of the con man like do you like to drink cuz I'll, I'll if I ever see you I'll I'll buy you a drink <laughs> Well
3: I could drink it- I could also handle my alcohol, but uh, right. I'm not right. really that.
1: Well, you are a bear.
3: <laughs> but I'm not <laughs> yeah. that much of a conversationalist when drunk, so you could just see me yeah. drinking,
1: drinking You, you, stuff like you might vibe. Yeah. I guess you vibe out. Yeah, yeah. I'll drink with you. I promise you. If you see me, like you can slap me if I. You can slap me to remind me. I will buy you a drink. If we. If we. If I ever see you like at Philly for this year, you can. I'll buy you a drink. Oh, thank we can, you. We can chat. Uh,
3: well, yeah. I don't want to be a downer, but um i think that i would be too busy to take on <laughs> any more responsibilities <laughs> but i would take
1: a- that after the con I'm after sure. the con yeah you yeah. don't do it. don't drink at the con. don't drink at the con after the con <laughs> yeah, yeah don't do that No.
2: but you do have a pretty important uh role in this uh event so like congrats to you props to you you know
3: mm-hmm. uh but that's the thing actually that being uh, a bit of a non-conversation realist. I don't know if that's a word, but like this. It's really <laughs> hard. The, the challenges for me with the team is that
1: mm-hmm. it's
3: really hard for me to convey uh, the things that we really need to do. So Maybe just a top tap. The organization is also a bit of laissez-faire. So I, uh, I think that's one of the questions yeah. here as well. What makes it special? So the, the convention is community-driven. So mo- all of the people who wants to pitch in, again, as I've said earlier, it's just like a bit of urban gardening. Whatever you could pitch in, it's considered doesn't help. Then, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. So handling different kinds of attitudes, different kinds of people, different kinds of uh, communication styles, that's, that's hard. But we're managing. I'm, I'm managing too
1: we we are definitely like jumping around just a little bit mm-hmm. um we'll we'll get we'll get to those like certain topics like maybe maybe later um or or maybe in a moment but i did want to ask um i still want to ask you the original question that we asked Gatsby because i know i know gaspy shared his stories but how about you um do you have like any maybe like one or two stories from last year that you'd like to share with the uh with the audience
3: uh well, the con.
1: Or were you just sitting behind the desk like a con ops the whole time?
3: <laughs> uh, not exactly. I also have uh, interesting stories. So, for the convention mm-hmm. itself, I think my role for it is more of a person who also urged Gatsby to do it. Because, oh, I, really? I, again, being that person who's who wants to be behind the scenes. So, I just urge him to
2: mm-hmm.
3: be the con head and do this, do the convention itself. And also, it's much mm-hmm. more of. That person, charismatic kind of guy who could pull in people. So I think he's he's the glue on the convention. So that's that. For the funny stories is that I, I've recalled one of the attendees, because again, being the person who deal with all the stuff during the convention. So he've noticed me that I look like a bit um, stressed out over things, but I'm it's okay. Then he just said to me that I'm really sorry, Paul, about that, what's happening. Then it's just funny to me because um being in the background i are not i'm i'm not expecting people to notice me and then this guy noticed me that's just uh, i think that's just a bit um i am happy that people recognizes the things i'm doing then uh, the other one is that since we're first timers and uh, again we don't want to jinx it or we don't want to relate ourselves to those kind of disaster conventions so we, we yeah, i think you yeah, yeah. know those uh, so before the convention, I'm religiously watching documentaries about it, about about Dashcon. So I'm just speaking all <laughs> the things that we shouldn't be doing. So I think that um, that uh, that goes in some uh, inside my head, and now we're not doing that. Anyways, uh, aside the fact, so we're all uh, I'm watching those, and then I'm taking notes what not to do. Then, uh, come Friday. Uh, I don't know if other conventions also have this day, uh, a day before the convention to fix the halls, because it's just, it's the halls oh. is not just magically fixed. that hmm. the, the, Someone would say incantations, and then the, the, the whole thing would be fixed. So, yeah. our, so it's
2: just, uh, just a day to do just little last-minute fixes and stuff you need to prepare just before the thing can actually start. Yeah.
3: So our venue manager offered us that day so in my head it's just like the day we dropped the things drop the the tables and chairs and whatnot so we just we just did that come saturday morning i realized that you should be also fixing those stuff arrange the chairs so uh (laughs) two hours before the convention we're Arranging the, the tables and chairs, I believe Gaspi could also pitch in on those. Our tables and chairs are also a bit rusty, so uh, whenever we put them, it screeches and then uh, some rust scrapes our hands. So it's just just those things. But now. Yeah,
0: um, some of us actually have to like wear gloves. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> mm. Hopefully, no one got hurt.
0: And actually, no one.
2: Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I mean, putting together events, it's uh, it's a tough thing to do. Um, But uh, I think all of us are glad that you two and your staff uh, were able to put it together and to make it all work.
1: I I wanted to take a, you know, another step back here and ask, like, I know that Paul was kind of taking a stab at this question, but I wanted to throw this question to Gatsby. What makes Philly First special? Is there like something you guys do? Is there an, an, an activity that makes it stand out from other cons?
0: I think the one that made it special is because every staff is approachable. You can talk to them as well. As you mm-hmm. can feel like there's a f- familiar or family feel whenever you talk to each staff. Because all I did with all the staff is that I make sure that we're doing this as a family. We're doing this as a furry family. We're giving this to everyone for what they need. Because like we are open for criticism and we wanted to people to let us know what are the things we should do and then... Mm-hmm. We'll tell you guys if, for example, like, oh, um, we would love to do this, but at the moment, we have budget constraints or something like that. We can't mm-hmm. do it yet. Maybe we'll try it and we'll pick onto it. That's what makes the Philly Freak is really special because we actively listen to everyone's opinions right. and their criticism. And we give our feedback. So, for example, like, there is some trouble. For example, there is someone they're worried about. There's someone about uh about stuff we tell them that we ensure your safety you don't have to worry you can approach us anytime you need and then there is also for example like what happens if uh can you guys do this kind of hotels like we all know conventions before they uh in furries like they always said it on hotels right so what we do is that we tell them that we are really honest and open with our with our attendees we tell them like hey we love your suggestion we'd love to do it in the future but as of the moment, due to budget constraints, we cannot actually force our way in into yep. that kind of place. So they're like, oh, really? Um, wow, thank you so much for answering my questions. You guys are really honest and open about it because mm-hmm. we wanted our community to feel like we are open to be talked to. We are open if you guys need any help or any assistance or anything at all. So to make sure that we're not just building a convention, we're be- building a community. So yeah. we're all building a kingdom here so that everyone could actually pitch in. Hmm. No one's at a higher position. All of us are equal. We're all building this together. So so that actually gives it the feel. That's why uh, I heard from Ruth that um Jennifer is really, really special and it's kind of different from any mm-hmm. other con. It's because we all work together. We're all having fun. Even if we're staff, all of them are doing their task they're not actually getting mad like being forced to to do this I give them the free art liberty and like for the artists I'll be like hey knock yourself out I just want to see the sketches and we'll go with that which one you guys are (laughs) wanting to pick yeah that's what I do for all of our posters and also our website like there's also web designer which is Marcus is really good at it he's I'm just tell him like all right go what what with your heart tells you to do with the design and then show it to me. Then once hey, can, he Can I it ask like
1: who who's behind Kimat, the the mascot that his name is Kimat, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's... who 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 drew that? Is that you or is it is that Paul or who's behind it?
3: I think that's Alofi. He's the one who won the design contest raffle. Yeah. So so uh, you're asking about the Kimot story, so I would try. So for Kimat, uh, it comes around mm-hmm. that we again, we are we're promoting Lazy Fair. Uh, democratic uh, way of doing or putting up the convention. So there are two things that are up for votes. So one is the mascot. So we have this thinking that we want our mascot to be the local animal here in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. So we decided to go with Ascal. So Ascal or Asongkalye are the local dogs here in the Philippines the mongrels if you would if you, if you mm-hmm. would So
1: that's what kimat is
3: Yes so why kimat because he, here in the Philippines uh, our mythology lacks animals so i could count two mm-hmm. on top of my head so one is tikbalang so tikbalang is horse where horse i think so then there's kimat hmm. so kimat is um, tadaklan so tadaklan is the the god of thunder in Ilo- uh, Ilocano folklore. So he had a dog. His dog is Kimat. So when uh, the, reason, the reasoning why it's a dog, because the dog is faster than us, than humans. And then lightning comes before the thunder. Thunder is uh, Tadaklan. Anyways, so he's a dog. So we think that he might be an Ascal. So, we just put in raffles to our staff that here's the the parameters, the requirements that we would we would like to have. So, he's a dog. Then his name is Kimat. And he should be part of the Philippine fol- folklore. Then yeah. we have three entries. Uh, one from Zeke. I think one from Lofi. And then the other one from... Verse, I think. Those are the three entries that we had. Then up to votes, Kimat won. Then the other vote is for the name. So that, uh, I I forgot the other options for the convention, uh, the convention name, then Filipher won. So it's Filipher and Kimat.
1: Well, I I think, I think it's a great thing that, that you have a character from, I guess you say like Filipino mythology as part of the con. I I think that makes it special. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: The one who wear Keymat is actually Marcus. The one the first suit, which is Marcus, and then the n- maker of Keymat is Piano Creations, which is Nico Nico Ong.
1: Um, sure, sure, sure.
0: He donated the first suit for the convention so that it could actually we have a mascot appearing because we still are um trying to improve Keymat. But he is his clothes is he's from Cyberpunk and. Generally, his story, he's, he just time travels because some, often lightning appears in different times. So he uses lightning to come down to different timelines. So that's why he loves to see cultures. He loves to see the differences, and he loves to see what are the new things in the old ways that was before. So Kimat is like an explorer. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: Sure, 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 sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds like a really cool character. And uh, <clears throat> before we go to our next section, I just want to say I do like the idea of a more community-driven, laissez-faire, democratic, like all these sort of different ideas put together for this event, it's because it's almost like a reflection of the fandom itself, you know? It's not one central figurehead that is furry. It's like every single part of the community is the furry fandom, if you see it that way, yeah.
0: Yep, that's what we're going for. We Mm -hmm. really love everyone to actually experience that Hey uh this may be a group of furries, but we are doing this together by everyone's standards so that every one of us will every one of us has a hand on it even when we did a raffle for Kimat she actually felt that oh my god i was i was the one who voted for Kimat or i was the one who actually designed for the name for the convention because we're doing also for the name it is the same for the name she said that she come up with Philipfer and she was like her poll won on that and she's like, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm a, I'm part of something big. Even though she's not a staff, she felt that she's part of something really big and she helped it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: That's, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So we've heard about your backstories of how you got into the fandom. We've talked about Philifer. So now we kind of want to know more about how people outside the fandom, uh, what they think about furries. So do you think people overall in the Philippines know what furry is? Uh, Maybe outside of like anime conventions? You already mentioned that basically they see fursuits as mascots already. Um, But what else can you tell us about how people outside the fandom see furries in the Philippines?
0: Um, First off, they thought it was like Uh, once you wear a fursuit like they always think about like as as i said before the are you guys endorsing a new product are you guys (laughs) are you guys a new company or something Mm -hmm. and we keep saying no 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 we're not owned by he's not owned by any company he's literally a character he's actually a a character himself like
3: Mm
0: -hmm. uh it's my creation and is he's mine alone and then Whenever someone actually um, walk up to me, often in Anime Con, they're like, Hey, where are you from? What anime are you from? What cartoon are you from? I was like, oh, Mm -hmm. I do wish I have a cartoon series of my own bare persona, but (laughs) no. But um, they actually said, like, we keep on saying that other, they're just actually original characters. They don't exist anywhere. We don't have any series or comics that shows our um, personas so they actually are confused and realize it like oh my gosh This this is really something new. They're doing this like it's really cute So and there are a couple of Filipino furries when I experience from BGC or when I'm exploring moa They know that they that term term furries <laughs> mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. They're, they're like oh most of them are really shocked. It was a kid it was always a kids or younger generations who knows that they're like, "Hey, mommy, is that a furry?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I was like me and my friends, and even Paul was like, "Oh, jeez, oh my god, my boy, how did you know about the furry, <laughs> furry panda?" <fandom." laughs> <laughs> and often all of us sometimes there's like little kids or teenagers who say, "Yo, furry bro." <laughs> Most general people doesn't know what furry is, and then there's like. 10 or 15 percent will scream like furries and oh they exist and i was like and paul will like say in the background we do exist long ago what happened why you don't know we're just we're just hidden <laughs> mm. so
2: it's awesome like yeah it seems like a seems like a very positive uh sort of reception a positive response to furries
0: yeah, because it's pretty new for in the Philippines. Like, there are some edgy people. For example, like, I, I met last time. There is one kind of person who lo- walked to me and he said, Ew, first, you're disgusting. All mm. I did was, like, eh, I just ignore it. Like, I just gestured, like, at a bear like, nah, whatever. And then after a while, the guy saw me again and then he just said, I may see you disgusting, but you're so damn cute. Can I hug you? Damn mm. <laughs> Yeah. It's just that there's. I understand that people will act differently to first because it's like in other countries they are either bullied or either like that so to make it them sound cool. But in reality, like they actually love first themselves. There are other people like that. Most of the people around here in the Philippines are. First off, they're weirded out. At the same time, they're like really happy to see fluffy animals walking around. More general generally, uh, generally they are happy to walk around, and they have a hard time distinguishing me for a bear because of my fur color is gray. So people hmm. call me like Mr. Wolf. I say oh. what? <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. Like I, I, I saw your first. View. I, I could mm. kind of see that. That's that. But I, but I could tell it was a bear though. Yeah, that's yeah. the one thing that you just
2: can't escape with the general public outside of the furry fandom is species confusion.
0: <laughs> yeah, and there's even time that the Proto Gen, we have a friend who's a proto, they call they call him as the Roboraptor, Robotic Raptor. <laughs> like, nice. What? <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, it's it's all we can do. Like it's all of uh, me and my friends are just wandering around and just doing things. And uh, I guess that's it for the Philippine uh, Philippine thought us as mascots. But they only call our fursuit as mascots. Mm-hmm. They still don't have a concept with fursuiting. So they just call it as mascots. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Uh, do they have any thoughts about like the
0: artwork, though? Oh, well, if they saw the artwork of furries, they're shocked to see. Oh, shit. this is amazing. Who drew this? You're I think you're from an animation studio or something like that. And we're like... Um, no, <laughs> mm-hmm. because there are other art style like looks like kimono and other things that they thought that it was like you're very talented in drawing etc. But most likely they see it as nice art. They just thought it was derived from anime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that definitely makes sense. Yeah.
3: Yep. So older generations here in the Philippines doesn't really know the fandom because given mm-hmm. given the fact that we are mostly residing on the internet. And most of our population here doesn't use the internet that much. So they're not really exposed to that. Then I've noticed that even on the Western side of the fandom, uh, even old people deride furries because they know that it's, it's LGBT. Here in the Philippines, even if we're conservative, they... Again, since they are not really exposed to the internet that much, they could not really care less about what's happening. So with the newer generation, there are two things that's coming. So one is most of them cringe at the furries because, again, they are exposed to the internet and we are not really seen that much on a good light there. So most of them assumes that we are cringy and whatnot. Again, being educated, I've been on that phase and I know that Hating people on the internet is cool. So for me, it's just normal thing or normal face. Then the other side is that most of them knows the fandom, but they don't know how to handle that. Because again, they are hesitant that if they go there, they might be branded as cringe or whatnot, or yeah. they don't know how to enter the fandom. Because I also noticed that on the Western side, there are, they are actively um, showing the fandom and i believe that's also one of the Mm -hmm. the the things that the convention wants or we want is to introduce people to the fandom that it's not that cringe or whatnot so most of them just uh, notice us that again as uh, gaspy said earlier that oh there's furries then they just run away with that um, idea or the newer generations that know the knows the fandom thinks of the fandom as mostly western things so they don't know or um I think it's also part of our our attitudes that we might go to work first because, again, it's really hard to live here. So we are focusing our efforts first on building our financial uh, stability rather than going with uh, the things that we want. So I think that's also one of the reasons that there's a bit of discrepancy on the fandom, on on the number of the people who could... Uh, join us in the fandom then one thing that I've also noticed is that I think it's global, Uh, they could recognize a furry because uh, they're wearing fursuits with art, unless you show your sketchpad, your sketchbook they could not identify you as a furry because uh, nobody's really showing their art uh, plastering, so it's really hard for us to identify ourselves in the public because we don't uh, really wear a fursuit again Financially, and then also it's really hot here. So it's, it's not that practical to do. Uh, for the arts, uh, we are conservative enough not to draw those naughty bits. So those people that says that we're cringe, we have the trump card that we are not really that uh, cringe people. We're not drawing those stuff. But I, I, there are also people here that's do- drawing those stuff. And the reaction is that Again, like Gaspy said earlier, majority of the artworks that are being produced or being drawn here in the Philippines are are good. Well, I think that's consistent with our Southeast Asian neighbors as well. Uh, if I would uh, see how Thailand first do their arts a bit more like kimono, so yeah, it's it's, uh, hmm. it's consistent across Southeast Asia.
1: appreciate that you guys told us about um, your thoughts about the general public and their thoughts about the fandom overall. We really just have like one last question here. This is this is actually going back to Philly Fur. Um, where do you see Philly Fur in, you know, let's say five years? Uh, I know that you guys had just got done with your first con, but, you know, like, what do you think that you would like to do in the future? And we probably kind of jumped on this just a little bit. But if there's anything that you're you're allowed to like tease us with, like... 5 years or you can even change that to 3 if, if that's a little bit easier. Where do you, where do you see Philly for?
0: What I see what will well, I see Philly for within 5 or uh, 3 to 5 years is that Philly will be like will be more open. For example, like we will be on the SMX or moa in the future. Mm-hmm. And then in the following future, we'll be having like um we will be going to SMX bigger conventions and maybe perhaps a hotel room in the uh, later in the uh, someday someday yeah, someday yeah, we'll be <laughs> having uh, in a in a hotel con. It's and very then,
1: convenient, yeah.
0: So for the convenience of our attendees and for the future, we may have also hybrids like will if the Dimension Convention as I said earlier can come to fruition we can actually have people finally be joining in VR version of the convention while the real convention is starting out. So we will have convention team, like we have uh, the con team, and we have the <laughs> the VR con team. So it's got to be two conventions in one day so people can actually enjoy the same thing and still feel it at their home. For example, uh, more accessible for people, like people with disabilities or people with, who is really tired. They just want to see mm-hmm. it. They just want to jump mm-hmm. into VR chat. They can actually just. Peer to it and see it. Like everyone has access to the con. And and everyone will be happy for it. And in, in the future. We're not going to just have. Just a handful of fursuiters. I want to see in the future. In five years. Every hole. There's tons of fursuiters. All over the place. And we have to use a drone. Mm. To take a photo of all of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we gotta take a photo like uh, okay take a photo everyone. like everyone is had to use a drone in order for us to all of us to take a photo mm.
2: <laughs> yeah so it sounds like you kind of want the event to look more like other furry events where there's way more first years things like uh like in JMOF or in infernity like those kind of events right
0: yes yes they're also my inspiration like i love jmoff uh, i don't, even though i haven't gone
1: there yet i, <laughs> yeah, love I was J-Mof. gonna say have you even been <laughs> i don't think i saw you <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh I really wish I can go and also I want sure, sure, everyone sure. to see like hey um this is like an entire group of J and everyone will be like uh J Moff for for the Philippines and everyone like that. I don't want I just wanted it to be like similar to that. Mm-hmm. I just want it to have a dream like that. And all of the people in the Philippines will start making fursuits or so we'll have more fursuit makers in the future in right. the local and then We'll have tons of new stuff, tons of new furry things and hopefully the news will recognize us uh, in the Philippines because I heard from before there is actually a news in the Philippines about furries and they showed that MFF they shows MFF in, in the television and it's really nice. like animal people are like that. So mm. I really want us to like have a spotlight in the news like uh, or furry animals or animal lovers you can go to Filly Fur see anthropomorphic animals in yeah like <laughs> likes that's all that's what i see in the future and i wish sure. to happen
2: it does right. sound like a very bright future yeah um paul do you do you have any thoughts on this do you uh see anything similar in the next three or five years in the future
3: um on the, the operation side so we have these plans on expansion to other locations again uh philippines is a it's mostly composed of islands, archipelago. So we're planning to uh, establish conventions um, across all the major um, cities we have here in the Philippines. So that would be uh, Baguio, Cebu, Dabao, and Iloilo. But now, I I, I think that's for another five years. Then we also are planning the expansion of our services. So... Currently, we are doing uh, conventions. So I think we're we're copying how Taiwan is doing things. So they have three there. So uh, one on Taipei, one on Kaohsiung. Then they also have one on Kaohsiung for book fair, I think. So we're also planning to do book fairs or open-air conventions or permits. At the moment, we are not handling the firm meets because, um, as we said earlier, we want it to be laissez-faire. So we want people to meet as themselves. But if it might need our assistance, like preparing an area, then we could uh, start doing those. So we're also planning to have partnerships with our ASEAN uh, counterparts. Uh, So for context, uh, we have this... uh, thing called ASEAN, so Association of Southeast Asian Nations. So it's emulating how EU is doing. So Mm -hmm. maybe we could also do that. Again, uh, Southeast Asian is have more things in common, I think, uh, compared to other um, areas. Well, one thing is for Euroference. They have that thing. So we're also trying to aim that. But I think I could not do that alone because I'm not that much of a person. So, this is one of the plans. Uh, Other is to move the company from sole proprietorship to non-profit organization. This is also the the general formula from the Western Furries. At the same time, we are also aiming to extend our help in a way that it's outside the convention. So, we are also receiving... inquiries about how to help others. So with our current state, we could not do that. So we're trying to also implement those things. Then again, repeating on how on what uh, Gatsby had said, we want the furries to be recognized here in the Philippines, more of yeah. not that, that kind of recognition, more of the, the, the arts, the, the creativity that the fandom is doing.
2: Gaspi and Jethro, you've given us a lot of great information about uh, Philifer, about the fandom, about what it's like in the Philippines. Um, the only thing we need from you now is go ahead and tell us where to find you guys on the internet, as well as you can tell us where to find more information about Philifer on the internet as well. So, starting with you Gaspi.
0: Okay. You guys can meet me in Facebook which is Haruzined and also my twitter which is harukuma which is my my twitter handle is just gaspy doggy <laughs> so all all i do there is just um i just post stuff and then also for my youtube i have a youtube account which is harukuma so you can also check out my some of my fursuiting videos like me fursuiting in public and finally for Philifer, you can visit our main social media page, which is Philifer, um, on Facebook and Twitter as well. And for our main website, is it's, it's www.philifer.com. All
2: right. And uh, Jethro?
0: Um,
3: For me, I just have a couple of social media. So I'm primarily using Twitter. So for Twitter, it's at JetBurr. Uh, J-E-T-B-U-R-R. So for F-A, it's JetBear. So it's J E P. P-B-E-A-R, we also maintain our own Mastodon instance. So it could be found at mastodon.ferrybrigade.net. Then my handle there is uh, Jetro at mastodon.ferrybrigade.net.
2: Oh, that's the first time I've heard Mastodon being used on this podcast. Yeah, kind of a emerging newer social media. That's interesting. Now, Gaspi and Paul, thank you so much. Uh, we're all really excited to hear and to go to filifer if we're going um but we're all really excited about this convention i think it's a great step forward for the filipino furry fandom um and we can't wait to hear more about it so this has been the fox and burger podcast with me burger
1: and i'm michael the macho fox
2: and audience we will see you next time in the next episode goodbye everybody see ya
0: goodbye uh goodbye
2: everybody